Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seen shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway. I'm Mark. And I'm Lila. And we think musicals are as beautiful as a little fall of rain. In this latest installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway, we are going to talk about Les Miserables. But before we do, we like to begin every episode talking about something fun, either musical theater related or not, that we've done in the past week. So, Lila? Well, hi, Mark. Um... <laughs> Hmm, something fun that I've done in the past week. Um, even though you've asked me this question for every podcast in the past year, I'm a little stumped. I'm trying to think of something um, super fun that I've done in the past week. Oh, well, I'll tell you this. my This past weekend, I was supposed to go to New Orleans for uh, two friends' birthdays. Uh, the birthdays happen to be on December 31st. I was very excited to go to New Orleans. I haven't gone in a year and a half. But, you know, Dallas shuts down when it gets, you know, a drop of rain that freezes because we can't handle it here. And New Orleans got a little bit of ice on Monday. So I canceled my trip. So, um, so I was going to go to New Orleans. I was very excited about it. But on Sunday afternoon, my friend Jana invited me to see Jagged Little Pill. And it was a blast. It was wonderful. And we're going to talk about it in a later episode. But you've always espoused how great of a show it is. Mm -hmm. And you were not in the least bit exaggerating. It was 10 out of 10 amazing. Mm -hmm. So that was a blast. Good, good. I'm glad that you liked it because I saw the bootleg during uh quarantine and i was obsessed with it because i've always loved alanis morissette mm -hmm. um her jagged little pill cd got me through my whole coming out era after college in the 90s just the angst and the you know everything with you know her music and i told myself the first show that i'm gonna go see in new york after quarantine will be jagged little pill but unfortunately, it closed, um, and I was not able to go see it uh, when you know Broadway reopened. But I'm glad you liked it. I saw it when it was here in Fort Worth. I saw it was here in Dallas. Uh, yeah. Recently. And yeah, it's a great show, great cast, great energy. But yeah, we'll definitely talk about that at a, a further podcast. Yeah. So and actually, me saying it was a blast, it's not, it, it's not some, it, it's not like it's happy go lucky. No, it no, was, but it, it was really it but was wonderful. But there was it's energy. Yeah, it's just great. So for me, yeah, a, a Facebook memory came up and it was Lila and myself, and we were at Shug's Bagels. This was two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think the caption was eating bagels and reminiscing about the real world, which is the reality show from yeah, yeah. the 90s and early 2000s. So I started watching The Real World Austin. 
Oh my! Wait, did they do it in Austin twice or just once? I think they did do it in Austin twice, but this was the first one. This was with, um, like Danny and Melinda, Lacey, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. And I have started watching, and you know, a few seasons here and there, but I can't get through them. But this one, for some reason, I don't know. It just, it just so much fun to watch this show and. Just the music they use and the way people dress and just the the cinematography that MTV used back in the day. It's it's really mm -hmm. great. It's a really, you know, it's nice to reminisce about, you know, the it's show. It's nice nostalgic, it right? It's so nostalgic, yes. Because I was obsessed with the real world. Obsessed, me too. Obsessed. And road rules. And yes. versus road rules. Yes, yes. the competition. I was obsessed yeah seriously i remember watching the first season the what that they did in new york yeah. and you know not watching it you know all the time but it just kind of coming on tv and i'm like is this scripted is this like i because reality tv did not exist before then so i was like is this are these real people are these actors what is it and then I just got obsessed and I would watch it yeah. religiously. And I even tried out for one of the seasons. Me too. Right after I graduated college, I grad I I I rented like a, like a videotape, you know, like a camcorder. Yeah. And I just sat in my kitchen and talked to the camera. And then you had to mail it in. Yeah. <laughs> this was way before anything streaming. This is before we could do stuff on our phones. Or on Zoom, so nobody had people didn't have their. Uh, when I sent no, when I sent mine in, we, I did have a cell phone, but it didn't have a camera or anything. I sent mine in for the. I was working at the Dallas Observer, and I had somebody taping me also um, on, at Dealey Plaza where JFK was assassinated. Oh, well, that's interesting. And, yeah, and I sent it in. If I had made it which they should have put me on it, I would have been, I sent it in for the 2001 cast that was in Chicago. And they were there in Chicago taping it when 9-11 happened. Oh, and that's you, right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And they, and if you remember, they were not allowed to listen to the radio or watch TV. Yeah. But because of the obvious magnitude of what happened on 9-11, they allowed them to watch footage of yeah. what happened. And they, they had a Jewish girl on that cast, a girl named Kara. Oh, I love Kara. I you remember her? her? She was unbelievably annoying. And <laughs> I could have been the annoying Jewish girl on there. I was very mad at it because she was unbelievably annoying. You're like, I could have been the annoying her. Jewish girl. I, I should have had that spot. That was my spot to have. And do you know that I have my rejection letter? I saved my rejection letter. I don't even think that that I got a rejection letter. They used to mail them out. Maybe they did. I they used it, to possibly. Mail them out. Actually, I probably did. I probably had. Which I, I think because what it. what what cast was it that that you said it was Hawaii? Take? Oh, with Ruthie. Yes. So and that so that was that was before Chicago. Yeah, so that this was like, either this was like ninety six. This was ninety five or ninety six. No. I thought I just, it was 99 or 2000. Well, I graduated college in 96, in 95. And I was you right did? after college. I still lived with my mom. 
And you sent it in. So so then it was for the 96 cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking that Hawaii was 99 or 2000. I don't I'm a, think so. I'm a few years off. I don't think. I am pretty sure. If that's if I'm thinking correctly, I'm pretty sure it was. So, the, so then the, the 96 one with Ruthie. And I can't even remember. Who else was, oh, the girl who had like the, there was the real good looking guy and the girl with the round face and the deep voice and the blonde hair who always annoyed him and they like slept together and messed around. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, was that uh, Amaya? Yes. Yes, it was Amaya. Okay, Amaya and like Colin, I think. Yes. Okay. I I can't believe you remember their names. I thought Colin was super cute, but he was super shitty to Amaya. He and was I super loved cute. Amaya. Even though she was a little bit annoying, I loved her. Yeah, same, same. Oh, my gosh. All right. So welcome to our new podcast that we talk about the real world. <laughs> we had, we back to the memory that came up on Facebook, though, two years ago when you and I had bagels. It was a Saturday. It was so, so, so cold out. It was so cold. And- and do you remember that it was snowing a little bit when we were inside eating? Yeah. We were inside eating. You'd never been to Shug's, I don't think. No, we, it was my first time. We had, um, I remember, I think I got a, because I took a picture of my bagel. We got like I two got and we split it. Oh, we split it. We split yeah. it. It was the, it was like pastrami and, or Reuben, a Reuben. Mm. And then that night, we didn't realize we didn't go together. We saw Pippin that Pippin. Night. And then I got COVID. And yes. I, I'm convinced I got COVID from Pippin. And, <laughs> and it, shout out to our friend Kristen Griffith Barnes, whose daughter was the lead in Pippin. And you met her that night. You met yeah. Kristen that night. And then I got COVID. That's and all. And then I you got COVID. Kristen, then I got COVID. why did Mark get COVID? Kristen. Oh, oh God, Kristen. Thanks for giving me COVID. Jesus. Kristen's gonna listen to this and laugh and laugh because we do talk about Kristen uh, on quite a few episodes. Um, I saw six last year here when it was touring with Kristen and her girls and her husband. We love, love, love Kristen, but Kristen, why did Mark get COVID? That's what we want to know. Kristen, I'll never forgive you. So we digress. So let's talk some lame Miz, okay? Yeah, let's talk. So Lame is a Rob is a musical music by Claude Michel Schoenberg and lyrics by, I always mess his last name up, Alan Bubiel. I actually met these two men. What? The Chorale did a musical venture combo with like Leia Salonga and Brian Stokes Mitchell, Stephanie J. Block. It was at the American Arts Center and it was called Do You Hear the People Sing? And it was like their it was like Les Mis and Miss Saigon and like one other musical that these two gentlemen did the music and lyrics for. So we actually got to meet these guys. Um but that's a whole other story. Wow. So, yeah, but the, it was fascinating. But Late Miz is based on the 1862 novel written by Victor Hugo of the same name. Okay. This was originally presented in Paris and obviously in French in 1980, then adapted into English for the London version of The West End, which debuted October of 1985. And then it premiered on Broadway in 1987. And I remember seeing it in New York 
probably 88 or 89, I went with uh, my school. We would go to a musical every year and we saw Les Mis. And I remember absolutely nothing about it because it was oh, really? years ago. But I do remember our choir sang a version of I Dreamed a Dream. Really? Yes. And it was an nice. awful version. It was just a ridiculous rendition for like a male and female choir to do. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the cast. So um, it has a pretty amazing cast. So Cole Wilkinson plays Jean Valjean, uh, both in the West End and on Broadway. Um, Patty Lapone was Fantine in the West End. And then Randy Graff took over the part on Broadway. Terrence Mann was Javert on Broadway. Michael Ball played Marius on the West End. Judy Kuhn was Cosette on Broadway. Francis, I, I don't know her last name, Raphael. She was Eponine on Broadway and the West End. And then there was a 2006 revival and a 2014 Broadway revival. Um, and cast members were Alexander Gemignani, Norm Lewis, Daphne Rubin Vega, Celia Keenan Bolger. Gary Beach, Drew Sarich, um, Ramin Karamalu, Will Swenson, you know, really, Ramin, Nikki M. James, Cal Settle, Kate Matarazzo, like every Broadway actor who was a notable name has has done Les Mis. There is a a bootleg of the Torn production where Sutton Foster plays Eponine. Really? Yeah. Um, I know uh, Lea Salonga had played Fantine before. I think she'd also played Eponine. Um, there's been two, I think three concert versions that were all videotaped. The the 10-year, the 25-year anniversary. Um, like Les Mis is just, it's just been done over and over and over and it's an incredibly successful musical. Mm -hmm. um, and when it was here in Dallas, you know, I always ask people how they like musicals. You know, Jagged Little Pill, some people loved it. Some people didn't love it. And yeah. some people loved it. Some people hated it. Share the same thing. Lame is 100% across the board. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. People, this, first of all, this production was incredible yes um the first thing i noticed was those voices mm -hmm. every ensemble member every lead just had this incredible voice it was just such a strong unison mm -hmm. of voices from the word go absolutely i have you know this but to our listeners I have never, ever seen Les Mis. I've never seen it touring. I've never seen it on Broadway. I've never seen the movie. All I knew is that it was coming. I um, I joined Broadway Dallas as a first year subscriber this year. I knew it was one of the shows and I knew it was sad. And that's all I knew. That's all I knew. But I, our friend Scott, it's his favorite. Our friend Michael, Michael loves it. Mm -hmm. Our friend Ryan, Ryan told me the other day, because I saw him at Jagged Little Pill, he said um, he had seen it six times. I mean, every, anyone you talk to that's seen it, nobody's seen it just once. Uh, now I have. But I mean, anybody that loves theater, they've, they've it's either their favorite or, you know, whatever, a combo. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew 
I'm going to go see it. And I know it's sad. And everyone told me to take tissues. And yet again, I did not need one single tissue because I just tend not to cry at shows. But it did not mean that did not mean that I was not touched by the show. From to your point, that unison of voices from the very beginning, from the the um, from the very first song, it just never stopped. It just and I I yet again like at MJ. I had very good theater etiquette around me. So that added to my enjoyment. Yeah, that's excellent. It was yeah, great. The show was, um, yeah, I loved the projections in the show, which obviously the original production did not have projections because that was kind of before they did projections. They didn't have projection in the 1980s. They just kind of had sets. And a big popular thing that everybody talks about in the original production was the it's the, the wheel that turns i can't think of the name um, oh 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 the um i don't know the yeah help me out people <laughs> let's pause for a minute before. i don't know turntable the turntable oh okay yeah okay. the yeah it's the revolving stage the turntable and that is like a staple of les miserables but somewhere the early, like late 90s or 2000s there was a revival or a touring production and they got rid of the turntable. They added projections. And, you know, and some people liked it. Some people didn't. But the projections in this production, this current touring production, really, really worked. Uh -huh. I just really thought they were very effective. And I thought they did the show justice. I would I would agree. I mean, and that I don't have anything to counter it to or compare it to. But the projections right. did work. Yeah, they no, were, absolutely. Every every element of the show worked, and it worked. Um, no, I'm not going to say effortlessly, but flawlessly. Sure. I mean, it just all of it worked. Sure. And I was told that the night, well, I went during a matinee. I there were either five or eight people that were out. So you had you had swings and you had covers and understudies, but you would never know. This show is seamless, and it. It, it works like a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. If you read the bios, these people are like, oh, it's my third time in Les Mis. And it's, you know, I'm I'm excited to be back in the barricades. Um, so most of these cast members have been in a production before. I don't know if these were regional productions, Broadway productions, joining the tour back again. I don't know. But the show is pretty much on a consistent tour, to my knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a well-oiled machine and just boom, boom, boom. It just like really, really works. And the guy who played Jean Valjean was amazing. Um, uh -huh. was Nick Cartel, his voice, his mannerisms, his presence was, it, yeah, it was amazing. And in the show, it, it goes through his life. So he plays a young man very well. And then he's getting older and older and his mannerisms and the way he moves and the way he speaks is just, you know, breathtaking, just the way uh -huh. he does it so flawlessly. And I just, just thought that was amazing. But like I said, every single voice was phenomenal. It really was. The one It, it really was. But, and I have a question for you. Yeah. I probably As don't you... know the answer. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I have a feeling you will, because you know that I respect your opinion so much when it comes to musical theater. We don't always agree. Like, I may not like a show as much as you do and vice versa, but I always so respect a, your breadth of knowledge. I mean, honestly, I mean, well, that's part of our thing, you know, is that you've been a theater kid since you were eight. Why do you think that people are so drawn and magnetized and enthralled with Lemis? And you I don't know, ask that from a negative spot. Yeah. I just am asking. And I, it's funny that you asked that because I wonder the same thing. Seriously? I, like, I'm a theater person and I love the show, but this is a show that even non-theater people like. And, and like when I say non-theater people, I want it's the people that like, oh, Lame is and Wicked are amazing. And that's my whole knowledge of Broadway and musical theater. Uh -huh. you know, and I get Wicked. Like, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz and it's, there's flying and there's, you know, poppy songs. But Lame is, the score is beautiful and it's, it's not pop rock and it's not a jukebox musical and it's not based on a 1980s movie. So I really don't know. I, you know, I wonder that, you know, myself, why even the people who are not really into theater love Les Mis. but maybe it's the story. Maybe it's, you know, like there's the love triangle with, you know, Eponine and Marius and Cosette. And maybe it's the whole father figure of, of uh, you know, Jean Valjean. I, I, I don't know. That's such a great question. And I really, I wonder that myself because it's, you know, the music is beautiful, but I just don't think that everybody enjoys this type of music. You know, Joe Schmo off the street is like, listen to Les Mis, where which I think is wonderful, you know, mm -hmm. a huge theater aficionado and a lover of theater my entire life. But yeah, it's, but it struck a chord with everybody from, it has. from the get-go. I remember being in high school and people were <laughs> obsessed with Les Miserables. Were they really we, we in high school to, We even? listened to the cassette and like, we knew all the words, to all the songs and we went to go see it on Broadway and the whole world was in a frenzy about Les Miserables and it's a great show and I understand it, but I don't understand, you know, why even these people who don't love all theater are just like, they're, they're just so enthralled. You know what? Yeah. Why don't we pose that question to our listeners right now? Why don't what we would love to hear from our listeners. We don't hear from our listeners very much. We always give our email address, but our email address is Mark and Lila, M-A-R-C, and L-I-L-A at yahoo.com. And we would love to hear from our listeners and hear why you love Les Mis. Because to your point, Mark, I mean, there's so many people. There are people that you and I have met when we've been in New York. There are people that I meet here who don't, you know, they, they maybe they go... Um, maybe they go to sporting events more and and movies and they go to maybe one musical a year, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not putting that down at all. But they're like, hey, you know, I like musicals. I go to one or two a year. Uh, we, every three years, me and my family go to New York. We saw Lion King. We saw Wicked. But in in that conversation, they'll say, oh, yeah we saw Le Miz when it toured last month, or we're going to see it when it comes around, or, oh, I love it. And people also, 
I, you know, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I, I've cried enough tears in the past, um, you know, seven, 18 years um, to last, to fill an ocean for the losses I've been through. So I don't really kind of need to be moved by tears to enjoy a show. And I'm not saying that people go to a show just to cry, but I know that when people go to La Miz, they're like you said, they, there was a woman around. I think you said there was a woman around you that was just bawling her eyes out. And other friends of ours have done, you know, take tissues, take a box of tissues. And I think people really like that love triangle the um Val Valjean, am I correct pronouncing it correct? Yeah, Jean Valjean. You know, he rose from the ashes, mm -hmm. you know, and what he was able to become. I mean, that's a that's a it it's it's somebody defying the odds. I think people love that element. Um I I just love that I don't ever um uh, buy like a cast recording or anything like that. And the next day I bought the cast recording, you know, through Apple or whatever, Spotify or whatever it is. Um, and I was like, I just was really moved by the music. But, but to your point, every single person that you knew and that I knew that said they went to it, loved it. Mm -hmm. Every single person. Yeah. And like you said, most people, this was not their first time. I, I know it was yeah. your first time, but most people... They see it every single time it comes to town. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just one of those shows that really strikes a chord with people. So, yeah, yeah which is great. I love that. I will tell you, that... I, I clutched my heart and stood and was sitting there in shock for a good five minutes. No lie. When the, when the child um was killed because oh, i didn't see it coming yeah. i didn't know it was coming yeah it's it, i mean, think it's i always know it's coming but it's always so sad and that little kid he was great he was amazing such charisma and sage presence and oh, i love it i just love yeah. watching a really good uh kid actor play a gavroche and like really you know do it up. very very mm -hmm. upset and you're <laughs> You're going to laugh, but in one of the Star Wars movies that was a few years ago, um, there's this one scene where you think Chewbacca died, like this this ship, a, a ship aircraft crashes, and they made it seem like that um, Chewbacca was in it and died, and Chewbacca is my favorite character from Star Wars, and I had the same feeling. Like, I was like, oh, what are you doing to me? But Chewbacca did not, in fact, die, but that little kid did. Yeah. And I was very upset. Were you upset when Eponine died and all the other people died? Like, I, everyone I dies was. in the show. I was, but I, I think part of me sort of, again, not knowing the story, mm -hmm. but, you know, knowing a formula for a story, I... I sort of saw it coming. I was very upset when Eponine died. I was like, I like my heart hurt for her. And it really hurt for her. I just really felt like she was just cheated. But that kid, like the fact that it was this just it was very shocking. It was yeah. so yeah, you don't expect it. You don't expect it at all. Um 
Yeah, it's always a shame when poor little Gavroche dies. But uh, so Eponine is my favorite character. Oh, really? Really? And she sings my favorite song, which is On My Own. Like, I'm obsessed with that song. I'm obsessed, you know, with the character. Maybe because, well, she's an underdog. But there's a lot of underdogs in the show, but she's definitely one of them. But do you, is there was there a character that you kind of, like, related to or kind of were drawn to? I, w- I was drawn to the um, to the, the kid. What's his name? Gavroche. I was drawn to him. Yeah. I was really drawn to his, to use the word you use, um, his charisma and mm-hmm. his spirit. I was really, really drawn to him and I, I admired it. I mean, he, the character, the actor really embodied this charisma and this will and this strength and this, he was a, he, it was like, he was the spirit animal. He was fearless. He was fearless, which is, yeah. you know, he's this little kid. Um, yeah, I loved him. So in the 80s, Nick Jonas played that part when he was a little Really? Kid. Yeah. You're kidding. I kid you not. Yeah. If you Google, there's a lot of, like, every little kid actor, you know, that's, and because Lacey Chabert played uh, Cosette at one time when she was really? a little kid. Oh, yeah. Like, all those little Broadway kids and like actors from the 80s and 90s, they they all had their turn playing Gavroche or little Cosette and stuff like that. So Oh, wow. Nick Jonas yeah. and Lacey yeah. Chabert. I love her. Oh, yeah, I me too. I love her. I didn't know really about any of the Jonas Brothers until I remember exactly. It was 2007 or 2008. It was one, I think it was 2007. I had not heard of it. But, you know, guess what? In 2007, I would, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have heard about them. I don't have little. I didn't have little kids. Sure. I'm not a teenage girl. Yeah, that's true. They're 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 from Jersey. They're a bunch of Jersey boys. Are they really? Yeah, really. They're yeah. all so cute, and they're all like, like I remember they the Jonas Brothers played at the state fair uh, on the Chevy main stage there, um, and the fair tends to get some artists that come through gets a lot of Texas artists and get some artists that come through that later make it much bigger. Mm-hmm. And I remember they played on Columbus day, which is a Monday and the DISD schools get that day off and that's their fair day. And I remember um, like somebody I worked with saying that they were going to take their kids to the fair that day. And I think the next day they came into work and they were like, it was nuts it was wall-to-wall people which it's always wall-to-wall kids on that day but everyone was there to see the jonas brothers so that was the first i heard around what year was this this is 2000 2007 or 2008 but i think it was really okay i saw wilson phillips there one year did you really yeah yeah they could and they get so they get a lot of texas artists and then they get the artists like i said that because that was the Jonas Brothers played literally like right before they exploded. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so they, they weren't okay. Yeah. Like Wilson Phillips, who from the nostalgia, you know. Sure, yeah. The, yeah. So they get the fair gets some really, really good artists, but I'll never forget hearing about the Jonas Brothers and like and like in my head, they're kind of frozen in that time. So like when I see like Joe Jonas is married and has three kids, I'm like, no, 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 no. He's playing at the fair on Monday. Yeah, no, they're all like grown ass men. They're all yeah. hot. 
people. Yeah, they are all Kevin's hot. that hot, but, you know, he's not bad looking. <laughs> Wait, who? Kevin. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were all cute. You wouldn't kick them out of bed for eating I crackers. would not kick any of them out of bed. I no. No, you wouldn't. But so they, Nick, um, Nick, Joe, or Kevin, if you're listening, come on. I got a king size bed. Yep. And bring the saltines. Bring the saltines. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, do, do you think, was Bjork Lee ever in La Miz, do you think? I or was she, think so. was she too old by that point? Oh, Not I don't too know. Old, but too old to play like a young, she was. She, she could still play like a 15-year-old. I don't think she was. I was doing some research on something and she directed a production of something that I was surprised about. She's the coolest. I know you love Bayork. I do. Bayork and our our two friends, Joel Myers and um, Eric Peterson. Joel Myers and Eric Peterson are friends from Cursed Child. And Jason Forback and by York Lee. Those are my four favorite Broadway people ever. Yes. Ever, ever, ever. I would just love to see her in something. I follow her on Facebook. And I would just be really cool, like, if she came through Dallas and did something. No, you know, I'd be front and center. And we would want to interview her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, okay, I think it was the European tour of Jesus Christ Superstar that I was thinking. Oh. Yeah, she's directed a lot of stuff, Miss Byron. She's... Her IMDb page must be, you know, Wikipedia, whatever, and or Wikipedia page must read just amazingly. Oh, yeah. No, she's definitely done a lot of stuff. She's amazing. Um, So, and we also, thanks to my friend Brian and a, a person he's friends with, we are trying to um connect to somebody in the cast from this, from the um, tour, Le Mis tour, uh, a gentleman named Kyle Adams who played uh, Grant Hare. And so I'm hoping, I've sent him a couple of texts. I'm hoping that we could interview him because he'd be a really interesting interview. Oh, and look who was in the 25th anniversary US tour from 2010 to 2013, Mr. Jason Forback. Was he really? He was. Oh, he was. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So yeah. one of my faves was in it. Yes. And he, it looks like he was in the Broadway revival in 2014 as well. Huh. You know, what's funny is that, you know, he's done into the woods, of course, that's where I saw him. And we knew that he had also done Phantom, you know, he's been in um, um, Phantom as a swing and some other, uh, um, not a swing. And, I seemed to remember him either reading on his resume or us talking about Lemez, but then I was like, no, wait a minute. Was it only just Phantom? So I think that we actually asked him, we mentioned that was mentioned in our interview with him. Huh. And that was what, what I, you I believe said? so. I, yeah, I think that's correct. That's really cool. Yeah. So as you read off the names, you know, earlier in the podcast, it just sounds like, uh, you know, I to paraphrase what you said, I mean, all the big Broadway names, they've, they've been in some rendition of Le Mis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been around forever since uh, like yeah. 1985, 86. So yeah, everybody's had their turn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we loved it. And yes. it was it was really, it was a, a very, um, to paraphrase you again, a well-oiled machine of a show that sure. was just fantastic. I wish, I wish every, it did evoke a lot of emotion in me. And the emotion was just, oh my gosh, I love this. It, I, you know, I checked in on Facebook and I took a picture of my playbill and a lot of people put comments like, oh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed it. Our friend Scott was like, really hope you enjoy it. Cause he knew it was my first time seeing it. And at intermission, um, I don't always tend to get up. I just kind of, kind of sit and chill. And I responded to some of the comments on the Facebook post and to Scott's comment, I was like, oh my God. But I just put that, I was like, OMG, oh my God. I was like, this is just amazing. It's just, it's really just captivates you and just, just keeps you enthralled for the whole oh, yeah. of the show. Yeah, and I've listened to the score hundreds of thousands of times. Not the entire thing. Sometimes I'll sometimes I'll just like turn it on, you know, when I want to take a nap or go to sleep. But it just I don't know. I just love love it. It's a it's a, a great show, and it's been around forever, and it it'll never stop touring. I think it'll be one of those shows that'll always be present, uh-huh. you know, within the, within the theater world. So yeah. Do you think it'll it'll make a revival? Some when was the last revival? I think it was like 2014. So it's been a good 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It might come back. You never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I guess well, it's that time for our curtain call where we say goodbye and we take our vows. Before we do, we want you to check out our website at lnkiy.in slash Mark and Lila. We also are present on TikTok as well as on Instagram and our email address, markandlila at yahoo.com. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, y'all. Bye.